We're going to go ahead and run this one back just a second as Travi goes ahead and tries to get his audio situation. There awesome. you go, Travi. There you go. There you go. Do it again. Keep it wiggling. Keep it jiggling. How about my now? Microphone, my microphone, don't jiggle, jiggle. It, there we're working. <laughs> oh there, my we're God. Working. there it All is. All right. Anyways, I was trying to say, I don't know when it cut out, but we were shouting out some of the people never that turned on. on. On social media. So we got to say what's up to Shevin Noon, Kyle, Graham Barfield, Rishi Marahaj, Victoria, Benjamin Schwab, and Anthony Manira. And if you love fantasy football and you want to join a community where you know you belong and hopefully where the audio works, hit that subscribe button on the YouTube channel. We're trying to get one more subscriber on this stream. Just one more. Could be you. If you're new, let us know where you're streaming from. We'd love to shout you out. But on today's show, we're joined by a very special guest, Kyle Dvorak from NBC Sports Edge. Kyle, how the hell are you, man? I'm doing all right. Uh, I, we were talking about like uh, you know filling our best ball drafts and stuff, and I was uh, I just earlier today was doing like a live best ball draft, and uh, like I told I told them I need to be able to expense these. I can't I can't focus on doing a best ball draft and uh producing good content at the same time yeah. and since it's my job to produce good content i'm like well you know not all 150 shots into the best ball mania are going to be great and luckily i actually think it turned out well but they're all expensed yeah there you go nbc <laughs> hey the peacock can can fund it come on get the big peacock, brand behind it. it we got it ah that's awesome we're, we'd love to have you. you guys can find kyle at kyle tweets here on twitter uh he's working on some great stuff i know you've been covering the usfl um, I know you got some other things coming down the pipeline as well. And obviously we had to get you on here because we know you're a big best ball head, head as well. But first, we're filling up this draft right now, and I'm going to drop this link in the chat. But awesome, we've got some questions for Kyle. Let Whisper Nation get to know him a little bit here. Yeah, we do. So we'll just jump straight into this lightning round, Kyle. Do you root for your NFL team or your fantasy team more? Yeah, I haven't rooted for an NFL team in like – six or seven years uh i feel like you know it's my job to cover it i just kind of like had the joy of rooting for a team brutally beaten out of me i grew up with steelers thanks <laughs> my parents were both uh okay both big yinzers so okay. i had a good it gave me a good childhood and i was okay sure. leaving it at that i don't need to i don't need to root for someone some team when i'm as old as i am it was great for my childhood i got two super bowls as a kid and uh at this point i i just root for my fantasy team well that's that's certainly a good thing to build from it so you had you mentioned it's been some time exactly what did year did you start playing fantasy football oh boy i i'm two years out of college four years for that was college four years for that was high school and i think i was so like 12 years ago i'm gonna guess about 12 years ago it was like when i was in fifth or sixth Okay. Fifth grade, something like that. So it's about <laughs> all right. 12 to 13 years ago. That would be all right. 2009. Sounds about right. 2009. Good year. Favorite fantasy football player all time. Uh, I don't have good, uh, good players, but man, I love Zach Zanner. I thought he was going to not, I thought I like, I understand oh. that whatever on UDFAs, uh, he has like a 99th percentile career for a UDFA, which is like hanging out in the league for five years and start, he started, you know, five, five or eight games or whatever. Uh, but like I still have teams, uh, and up until re- is my profile? No, my profile doesn't have him in it anymore. Uh, but I still, I still had him as like the background of my Twitter profile. Uh, Zach Zenner digging in. Ago. I love yeah. that. Take. That's up. 
How about on the opposite side of the spectrum, the least favorite fantasy football player all time? I want to say least favorite. I don't have a least favorite, but most disappointing was like Corey Coleman. I thought he was going to be so good. Mm. He, he started his career with the Browns, which is like, especially the Browns circa 2000, what he's probably drafting like 16 or something, 15, yeah. is just a hellish place to start your career. A, a no truly doubt, awful, right? awful time to start your career. Yeah. And then he got hurt a bunch, but also he's probably not that good, which is Didn't he go to the Giants too? I remember him like being like, a guy we kept hoping yep. would be good because he played for the Browns initially. So we're like, oh, maybe. yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, oh, he escapes the Browns and he'll figure it out. Because, yeah, you know, <laughs> that's what you uh, do. Yes, he did go to the Giants, but he tore his ACL really quickly after landing there. He's like he's on the Chiefs roster now, I think, though, like he's not going to make the final roster. I mean, he was yeah. on the Chiefs roster as of like a, a month or two ago. He signed like a reserve futures contract or whatever. Uh, I don't know if he's actually on this roster anymore. But yeah, yeah. I'd say I don't like dislike him. It's like, oh, man, I just. I was really confident he was going to be good. Been there. Favorite fantasy football team name? I don't like have creative team names. So I just like pulled up a few of my leagues and just discovered a new brand of meme uh, mm. called Drip Titan. It's just like, like one of the giants from a show called Attack of the Titans. And he just like dripped out in like Supreme and Bape gear. Okay. And I just like this meme now. <laughs> <laughs> I love, Titans. I love the theories around different fantasy team names. I was such a big, like, let's get it clever. Let's do it. The last couple of years, my team name has just been Austin's team. That's what it's been. I used to be the same way. I was like, oh, I'm going to come up with like some hilarious pun and everyone's going to yeah. love it. Not yeah. like, I, no. Well, the, what you find is even if you do that, nobody gives a shit. Like, exactly. nobody cares. So that it's like, you might as well just, like, Yahoo's the best because they'd be like, Travis's terrific team. And you're like, oh, yeah, I love the default fine. ones on yeah, this. Maybe if I make a clever enough team name, my dad will finally love me. He'll say, <laughs> what is a sound or a noise that you love, Kyle? Oh, a sound or a noise that I, I love. Um, I mean, uh, like a what is it? What's like the the metal drum? It's like literally the the like steel drum. Steel drum, yeah, steel drum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hot, hot, <laughs> like hot. Uh, I was trying to think of yeah. like something uh, that really steel does it for me, and that frankly does. Yeah, that's dude. There it is. We don't need to I go further. I assume the beginning that. of Under the Sea is a steel drum. Ooh, and like yeah, the beginning. Yeah, I, I would assume so. It's oh, and I'm, I'm already feeling breezy now. And like, yeah, it's changed smooth. me. Just meditating on that for a moment. What about your favorite swear word, Kyle? Oh, um, huh, that's that's a really good question. I feel like shit. I feel like I, I have a lot of Ooh. utility from that one. Shit, dude. I, I like to hear that different. one. Yeah, yeah, me too. And fuck all the time. So. Yeah, growing yeah. up, like uh, I grew up, like really, uh, like not super hardcore Catholic, but like went to church every Sunday. It's like, goddamn, sure. goddamn, specifically, goddamn was a spicy one. I didn't say that for the yeah. longest time, and I was like, oh, god damn, the <laughs> forbidden <laughs> feeling, yeah, the forbidden okay. fruit is tasty, yeah. right? Yeah. It is. <laughs> I don't know. It is, it is what it is. Hey, you, you made us God. We're just following the recipe here. What right. are the most leagues that you've played in at one time, Kyle? Uh, I won't count best ball because like, you can throw 150 sure. best ball out there. Uh, I've probably been up to like 20 before, okay. like three years ago. And I don't uh -huh. like playing that many leagues. This is way too many. And like, then I feel bad because I like don't participate in a lot of them. I just like straight up, like, I went 0 4 to start. <laughs> Sorry, this in terms of my time management, I'll try and set my lineup, but I forget. And you plan so many sites. I think like it's, it's easy to manage. 20 flea flicker teams or whatever that's really not that hard sure. click through them all you just actually open all the different tabs your computer starts spinning up like a jet engine but it's, it's fine it'll she's fine she's doing fine she's trucking and then there you go. go through them all real quick but then like playing on like eight different sites is so much worse than playing like no matter the number of leagues doing the different sites is worse 
Oh, why are we in that ESPN league? I forgot about that one. Like, uh, right. Yeah. What is the most exciting fantasy football moment of yours? Um, hmm. I feel like had a few good, I guess they don't really, I don't have a ton of like big football deal. Actually, the first time I won like over two, I, I won like two grand in like 2019, maybe. I don't know. It was like four years ago, 2018 or 2019. It was like the first time I'd ever won more than like $100 in DFS. Uh, That's awesome. That, that one will always stick out. Uh, I have bigger wins in other sports, but the first, in, but the first big one was in football. What was the buy-in for that two grand win? Uh, probably like a dollar or three dollars. Nice. Yeah, that's getting me excited. I'm just hearing about it secondhand here. <laughs> Favorite game day beverage? Um, I work on Sunday, so I, I just drink a ton of coffee. What's the 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 coffee diet that Dan Campbell drinks? It's like a 40 ounce of coffee and like four <laughs> shots of espresso, I think is something along those like lines. A double red eye or whatever they're called. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I do that. Because I get up really early on Sundays to work. You're um, not the first one that we've gotten coffee from. I appreciate coffee yeah. and water are are good go tos yeah. on those days for sure. Boneless or bone in wings? Um, I mean, I would do bone in, but I don't eat meat, so it wouldn't matter. It's not a it's oh. not an applicable question. But the mm -hmm. I, one thing I do miss about meeting eat is the sort of like nitty gritty process of eating something with your hands that kind of you know like like mm -hmm. bone in wings or ribs or or something. Yeah. So I do miss like the tactile part of eating. Any any meat alternatives then coming from a vegetarian palate on this one? Like any of the what is the dragon fruit or the other pieces they use? Uh, yeah, I, I've had restaurants do really good fried cauliflower. It's another thing like when you don't eat meat, you just don't get good fried food because people think of like uh, meats as like, you know, like a good fried chicken. Right. So anywhere mm -hmm. you can find sure. good fried food, it's just like garbage for you crunchy on the outside crispy and and you get that with like a just fried cauliflower a lot so there we go love that kickoff is in two minutes you're still deciding your flex do you go with your gut or your weekly rankings oh i'd go with my rankings i'd be like disgusting if i didn't <laughs> i feel so gross if I didn't. it'd be false advertising right yeah what is your favorite position to draft from in 2022 talking about this with Pat Corain earlier. It's probably the 105 because I think there's like very clearly three best receivers, two best running backs, and then a break from that. So like mm. the, the farthest back you can push tier one, which is five to me. I hear that. All right. Well, Whisper Nation, you now know Kyle a little bit better. We've got two spots left in our best ball draft. As soon as those last two spots are filled up, the draft is automatically going to begin. And keep in mind, this is a real best ball draft. $3 to enter over on Underdog. If you haven't yet joined Underdog, really do yourself a favor and sign on up. You can use the promo code TFW for up to $100 in matched money. We're going to be getting into this tournament as soon as we get those two spots filled. Travi's got the link in the comment section as well as over on Twitter. Right, Travis? Yeah, and Discord? Tweeted it out. If Kyle wants to tweet it out, maybe he's got some peeps that can, uh, that can get in here with Awesome. Nice, nice. So we'll get that one going here in just a second because Whisper Nation, as you know, as soon as the room gets full, we're going to get a 60-second countdown, and then we are best balling. So until we get those last two, we're going to go ahead and run through some of the news and notes from around the league, which I know, Kyle, you do have a hand in putting some of these blurbs together. Is that correct? That is correct. I haven't – when the last time I was on duty – Tuesday night, so there's probably not anything that I've actually written in here because there are okay. so many blurbs. Uh -huh. uh, but yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, Did you want to speak a little to that process? I don't know if they'll let you go behind I'm the curtain. Fascinated. Oh, yeah. it's, not, it's not like there's no no uh, uh, wizard of sauce. Oz. No no <laughs> twenty three flavors in this Dr Pepper or whatever. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean really the biggest things are like you just train training makes it sound like i'm an athlete i'm not you just like practice without posting anything for like weeks or months uh because like like you really do kind of stress on being like perfect grammatically and uh for like official transactions uh like a very like every single word is like very specific and intentional so to mess one of those up even like once and you fix it real quick i do feel like an idiot when i do that that happens obviously Mm. uh so i do like I, i I probably trained for like almost a full NFL season. I was working a full-time job, like a boring normie job. So I was uh, like not doing it 40 hours a week, but like twice a week, I would just get on with someone, write the blurbs and be like, that looks good. And then they would post their own blurb. Oh, like, so they would like take yours as inspiration or be like, oh, nice, nice try on this one. But basically not nice try, nice try and like, they would do it. They're also fast. That's another thing. It's like you try and be super, super fast. Just try and get it out as fast as possible while also making zero mistakes. So I'm like, like typing slowly, like trying to get yeah, it all yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And you know, uh, Pat Darty, who's done it, f- I don't know, like 15 years. I don't know. His father, he's done it for a long time. He can just <laughs> snap them out with his mind. Just not even look at the keyboard. I, I've, I've got, this is, this is a personal, like I'm, I'm on fire right now, Kyle, if I'm being totally honest with this, because I've been consuming your blurbs, NBC Sports Edge, Roto World's blurbs, my entire fantasy football career, which is over a decade long at this point. And while we have our other go-to sources, this is where you look and you, you see the little, oh, new news by your player. And it's so oftentimes being pulled from your sources here. And as soon as one of those blurbs gets hit, we screenshot that blurb. We throw it out into our league chat. Everybody starts gassing up a player, burning down another guy. Everyone's trying to drive the stock up on a guy, drive the stock down on another one. You know what? Here's my first question on this. Have you ever delayed sending out a blurb so that you could hit the waiver wire first? I don't think so. Uh, But only because like, there's, there, I don't know how long the delay is. It's probably 30 seconds to a minute, but like, uh, I know when the blurb goes up, I could just do it afterwards. Right. Like, okay. Okay. Even from like, even like literally the time it takes like information to travel at like the speed of light to go to whatever server it goes to for Twitter. And then your phone would be enough time for me to like log on and do it real quick. Uh, if I wanted to. Right, 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 right. And do you have a favorite type of blurb to send out? Like, is it a, a training camp, good story or a, uh, a riser or like, Oh, this guy got hurt. What, what, it, is it the clear? Is it the ambiguous? Do you have a favorite type of blurb? Or for you, it's just like, we got to communicate the news. Let's go. I don't have a specific favorite kind, but anytime you can get a good, uh, a good sassy headline. Uh, we had, there's an all-time headline. Please tell uh, me. I will, I will pull it up word for it. I think Rotopat wrote it. Um, I will pull it up real quick. But like earlier this year, we had um, uh, Trey Lance's finger is in the best shape of its life. Because yeah. apparently yeah. his finger was getting better. <laughs> But uh, like that kind of anytime you get a sassy headline, uh, oh my God. I know we how to find that. this blurb headline on Twitter because it contains the word ghastly. And it's the only time we've ever used that. So here, <laughs> uh, it was when Mason Rudolph uh, got clocked by Miles Garrett. The headline is ghastly Rudolph tosses four interceptions, comma, gets assaulted. <laughs> I, I, will, I retweet it like once every year. I'll retweet it right now. Uh, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. the process of typing in comma space gets assaulted yeah that sums up the day that's what happened that's, he there lost a bunch of interceptions and then he got assaulted he got assaulted the sort of we sickness would, with which gets assaulted gets tacked on there is, is well this is a story what a so day 
Oh my God. We love those little sassy bits too. The one that comes to mind that we still reference is Carson Wentz from last year. It was like Carson Wentz, who's Carson Wentz, comma, ankles, both of them. Both I of think them. I might have done that one. Really? Yeah. I I know I was around during the time. I was blurbing a bunch of the Carson Wentz injuries. I think so. Oh my God. And then the last one that came out, I think it was Greg Olson. It might have been another player, but he was pretty banged up. It might have also been uh, the former Dallas Cowboys tight end, um, the Jason, legend who was Jason. Witten. Yeah, Jason Witten. Thank you. And it was like Jason Witten parentheses everything is still banged up and looking to recover. And I was like, oh my god. I think I, I did a Baker. I actually didn't know about that one because a bit before my time. I did Baker Mayfield parentheses everything. Uh, okay. At one point, <laughs> apparently we did a lot of uh, Carson Wentz ankles because I, I see it four different times so i think i did one of them i I don't know if i originated that dude that is so freaking funny i got some more questions that i do want to get to you here but we're gonna bring up the news because we did have some relevant points that just came up and we wanted to get your take on this kyle the athletics greg alman wouldn't be surprised if chris godwin knee opens the season on the reserve pup list we know he tore that acl back in week 15 how is this affecting you picking up chris godwin or say russell gage and also if this touches other bucks players how is how are you evaluating this right now kyle yeah i looked at godwin's adp earlier because i saw this i didn't write this one i just saw it and i was mm-hmm. like i don't know it doesn't seem like it's quite being priced in though i will say they um changed the pup list rules where you're only out four weeks now i was like oh no i didn't like couldn't find this not that i couldn't find it reported anywhere just it just came it came in this like rapport tweeted four giant blocks of text in memos from the league uh and it buried in there somewhere it's like there's two less weeks on the pup list which is like actually important right and no one brings it up because it's it's the um the keanu reeves text meme where he's like that's great for you or i'm sorry yeah. i'm not reading yeah. that yeah, exactly uh, yeah, uh, so I do think I, I have I, I can tell you I haven't found myself drafting much uh, Chris Godwin and without Gronk like I probably should get more Russell Gage for me it's ended up being mostly Mike Evans because like I'm pretty damn sure Mike Evans is good whereas like Russell Gage was good last year but he hadn't really done he didn't, he's just been a guy just like a true jag his whole sure. career which is not the longest career but uh, I do think I need to like uh, adjust my prior on that a little bit and get me some more Gage you on that one i'm hoping i've got my fingers crossed i picked him up in our rookie draft in dynasty two or three years ago on the later rounds down and i've just been holding on to that one it's coming in we'll see robert I mean, Woods. Got two things now right with gronk like with gronk retiring so you have like gronk maybe pro- hopefully retiring if you're gage and then also the godwin thing going on too like, yeah how do you buy in are you are you buying the gronk retirement news or do you think he comes back <laughs> later in the season after training camp and whatnot has passed so hard. I, I I think he's retired, but he's literally like I think it was on podcasts or interviews has said like, yep, I don't like hanging out at training camp. It's not fun. I don't enjoy it. I want to <laughs> live my summers, and uh, and it's very possible that's what he's doing right now. I, I still it doesn't think- make any. It doesn't make any sense to me for him to honestly come back right now because it's like you can avoid all the stuff you don't like. You can also evaluate how the team starts out. And if this team is cooking and you can jump in and join a team that has momentum, probably coming into the playoffs, awesome. And if things go a little bit further south and they're going to be really relying on you and this team looks like it's not going to have as much fun as it had in the years past, maybe you just stay retired. Like, why wouldn't you take that path? 
Yeah, and he's even said he doesn't often know the playbook. He literally just has Brady tell him what to do. Like Brady tell him what to run routes. <laughs> of on course, the he field. Does, dude. Of course, he does that. The backyard football, like, all right, yeah. we're gonna do this statue, the five, and then this, and then that. I'm wondering if he just didn't want to get asked anymore if he was coming back, and so he's like, I'll just say I'm retiring, and that way later you guys will know then. Yeah, quit asking me. I still think I'm more fifty, like I'm I'm fifty five, forty five, or me sixty forty that he's retired. But that's not a lot of confidence, yeah. you know. Every any other player that retires, you're like 99-1, and this sure. is so much closer. This one really is closer, and we're closer to getting our best ball draft going. Whisper Nation, we got one more spot open in our 12-team best ball draft. You get a chance to do this alongside Kyle. Works for NBC Sports Edge. This is going to be a fun one. We'll be getting started with that once we get that last person joining. Link is in the comments. Oh, moving back here to Robert Woods, who the Athletics Joe Rex Road writes that Robert Woods should be the Titans' number one option in week one if he's healthy. A little more, he and Ryan Tannehill have already been building chemistry and it would take a setback for woods to be anything but a full go by week one how are you evaluating the pass catchers in tennessee along with robert woods Traylon burks popular name and austin hooper's also popped up for a little bit of consideration what are you looking at when you see tennessee right now kyle yeah i feel like if they open the season with robert woods as their number one receiver by like targets per game that's pretty bad for the team mm -hmm. like robert woods is perfectly fine but like he probably shouldn't be a team's number one receiver, uh, especially he doesn't really match with like what Tannehill does well, which is let Derrick Henry bring a safety into the box and then just absolutely heave it to AJ Brown. Like that is yeah. the fun part of the offense and it's what they do well. That's not what Robert Woods does. So if like Robert Woods is getting like 10 targets a game to start the season, the offense is probably just bad. And like, that looks very possible. Like Traylon Burks is, man, we gotta, we gotta get him in shape. Someone get out yeah. there and get him a, a better trainer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> Someone in Tennessee can make that one happen. Another rookie here, Brees Hall. The Athletics Connor Hughes writes, Brees Hall is now the Batman to Michael Carter's Robin. The Jets will use both, but Hall is the lead back. How much are you buying into Brees Hall and any of the other New York Jets players this season, Kyle? Yeah, I found myself getting a lot of Jets because they're cheap and dumb talented. Uh, yeah. I mean, in theory, right? We don't know if they are for sure, but in, in their prospect profiles, they were all very talented. Uh, so I find myself getting them a lot. I also play a lot of the best ball tournaments. I, I mean, I, it's really like this will be the first time in like a year or two I've played a, an individual best ball league, like, you know, back to the MFL 10 days. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I also like I get very much of any of these like fourth, fifth round picks who um are like a race within a year vibes from Michael Carter, which is a shame because I think he's good. But like, who was the running back for Todd Gurley? Uh, oh, I can't remember oh, his shit. name. Gerald Richardson was that his name, or the guy that was not very good? Oh, you mean the the good one, Steve Jackson? No, Steve Jackson. It was not the guy who got basically uh, like cut out from the lineup. I'll pull it up real quick after having a good year and just completely disappeared. I think he went on to like commit crimes or something, but <laughs> he went on to commit <laughs> crimes or something. <laughs> oh, well, he's pulling that one up. We are very excited. Whisper Nation. We got a full room here and I'm the first one on the clock in this best ball tournament. So I'm going to yeah. divert so my you, attention you away from posting this show. <laughs> Kyle. Kyle. <laughs> Do you think there's any debate uh, between Jonathan Taylor and CMC at the top here? And I guess in best ball, like you're 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 pissing yellow a lot and taking wide receiver. But what's your general one-one kind of dynamic? I don't think there's a strong. I mean, I, I think it's it's Taylor. 
um, in any individual one time. But if you have 150 lineups and what is 12 over 150 is like 15. No, I don't know. <laughs> it's either north or south of 15. Uh, I would split them like 70, 20, 10 between Taylor, uh, uh, McCaffrey and okay. then Cup. So I don't think it's, it, you know, it happens that players outscore Taylor in the long run, but you only get to those players if you're doing a ton of drafts. So uh, it was, I, as someone in chat said, Isaiah Pete, that is not who I was thinking of, though that is very good. Uh, Trey Mason was one I was thinking of. Trey Mason had a great rookie year. Then they're like, we're just going to draft Todd Gurley anyways. Uh, see you later, Trey Mason. And they never heard from him again. And this stuff happens all the time. And the reason I can't remember their names is because they get erased from history because they are fourth round picks. And it's, yeah, I think uh, Carter was a fourth round pick. Uh, so that is... Uh, yeah, he kind of gives me those vibes. I'm a bit bullish at the top of the draft. I am. Can I get your take, Kyle, on Cooper Cup? Do you think? I know we all love Cooper Cup. I think I'm in the minority here when I'm expecting Cooper Cup to do just as well as he did last year. And I'm not surprised if he did better than he did last year, given there. I don't think any of the defenses are going to be focusing on in on him this year more than they were the second half of last season. And he continued to do what he did. And now they have another year of rapport, Stafford and Cup do together. I think the rest of the offense is primed to even be able to pick up some more first downs. And I'm not concerned about regression from either of those pieces. Am I missing something here? Or, or what do you think about Cooper Cup right now? Yeah, I mean, I think I think I saw him. Yeah, I have him as my first receiver. I don't think there's a big difference between him and Chase and Jefferson uh, because we do have a pretty large sample of Cooper Cup not being this player that he was last year. And that's the only reason I have for saying, like, he's in the conversation with Chase and Jefferson. I still think he's number one receiver. But, yeah. like, it is – I mean, it's like the weirdest breakout we've ever seen because it was in his, like, mm -hmm. I get that he got Stafford, but he also had incredible target shares and air yard shares, which is something he hadn't done, right? He'd been a pretty – 1A, 1B guy. Uh, so, like, it wouldn't shock me if, like, Allen Robinson gets the same type of quarterback upgrade and it turns out Allen Robinson is still a stud and he can still take a lot of targets away. And we see Cooper Cup finish as the wide receiver three or four. But, like, he's still the wide receiver one for me. Feel that one on this. Can I get your take here on – well, we're getting this one started. Best ball has kind of entered the fantasy football world in a more intense way the last couple of years. And we've seen more folks invest in strategies, harder takes on real ways to play this game. It almost seemed like it was just a, a parlor game almost in the beginning. And now with the added money, the added focus, people are really leaning into this in a special type of way. And I know that you've been doing a ton of best ball work. Can you talk a little bit about the evolution of best ball where you see it in the industry today and how you see it a part of the industry moving forward? Yeah, so super interesting. I, I think it was MFL 10s, right? And, and draft too. Uh, these, it was mostly MFL 10s. Like I was playing MFL 10s like six or so years ago, probably. And I'm sure they're around before that. But it was like cash games, essentially. I mean, they're, they're, uh, they actually had a few that were just straight up double ups. You finished in the top half of your league and you 1.8ed your money or whatever, you know, minus the rake. Um, but and they've like there is zero content for that anymore, which I think I mean I, I'm living proof of this. I have not done a non-tournament best ball draft in about three years because uh, mm. that's I think we got underdog, you know I guess two year two off seasons ago, right? And that yeah. was uh, it was probably the last time I ever did the season before that would have been the last time I ever did a um, uh, just 
I, I think of them as cash games. They're actually like tiny tournaments. You have you, what you're trying to finish first to 12. Yeah. But compared to the big tournaments, they do have a cash game feel. You're not really focused as much on correlation, not especially none of like the week 17 stuff. So I wonder, I mean, I don't know because I haven't been in the streets for the non-tournament best balls. If in there's the street, like a pretty the best ball. I, I, I wonder if there's a pretty significant edge to just grinding out like uh, uh, a whatever. bunch of these. A ton of these, you would never obviously make more than what is like seven extra money or whatever the first place payout is. But like you could probably churn a really good ROI on these. You are kind of locking up your money for a while. Uh, I have someone starred, so we're good if I run over. Uh, yeah, I, I wonder if there's like an edge to that. Because right now, it is all the content is just focused on the tournaments. And I find that more interesting. I think it's a more dynamic game. But like I would understand someone being like, yep, I just grind out. Especially if you get to a site like DraftKings, where I'm sure the action is even better. If they have, I think they have like sit and goes, they call them. Uh, you could probably funny. get a really, really good ROI. It's funny they call them sit and goes. That's what I was going to compare it to, like in the old the poker mm-hmm. poker term sit and go, because uh, it does feel like that, like the tinier tournament. Man, I mean, best ball just is taking over. Um, you know, last year we did it just basically on sleeper for our listener league, and this year we're like, we have to jump in here. Obviously, got partnered up with Underdog. If you're watching, co- promo code TFW gets you up to a hundred dollars in matched money. Um, but yeah, we I've been loving it. I just think it's just a you know, obviously you get the joy of the draft and then we get to look back. I love how they, you know, underdog gives you that, uh, you know, your exposure rate, everything is all nice and neat for you. So you know what you're doing there. Um, yeah, it's just been a blast. What kind of got you into like, have you, were you into gambling or fantasy football first? Probably fantasy football, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, would have been like 12 years old. Uh, um. <laughs> you're just out there with a bookie at 12 yeah, in yeah. the back of the church. Yo, to give me the under on them Steelers. I know. I was I, I'm trying to think like the first, I think I actually, the first time I ever like got into gambling, I'll like loop DFS into this because this is what it was. Like I was just starting to write, but I was only doing like, like dynasty content, just like, you know, like I think the first article I wrote was about like Sammy Watkins and someone reached out to me and they're like, I see you're writing solid. Can you write for us about, have you ever played DFS? And I don't think I had ever played DFS. And I was like, ah, D- 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 DFS, Deuce. I-, I play it all the time. Of course I can write for you about this. Cause I was like, just trying to hustle and get people to let me write for them. So I was right. like, yeah. And then that's how I was like, I guess I have to start playing now. That's how it was. So it was reverse done on this side. Kyle, I freaking love that. It reminds me of my great uncle, Larry. He told me a message right after I graduated college. And he said, if any employer asks you if you can do something, you tell them yes, because you now know how to learn. You know, you know how to learn. So you'll learn it. But give them the answer they're looking for to get you in the door. And when you're like, yeah, I'm DFS, yeah, I'm a pro you now. And now look at you now. You are. That's amazing. So moving into this, I Travis, I wanted to get your take. You went a couple of running backs heavy to start it out. You feeling good about that? Yeah, I, I, there were a few that I wanted. And since I, you know, if Javante Williams can be my third running back, I'm feeling really good about that. Now I feel like we're in the pocket of wide receivers that I really like. I mean, I feel like, you know, maybe Kyle can attest to this, but it feels like on underdog wide receivers are getting pushed up a little bit more than like in your, you know, you know managed oh, league. Yeah. But I would say that in this pocket, there's still a ton of wide receivers that we probably like that have huge upside. So um, I've been seeing a lot of robust RB underdog squads come out like Dave Kluge. Shout out to him. Follow him on Twitter as well. Uh, has been posting a lot of RB robust. I just wanted to try it out here. I mean, it's three bucks, so we'll, I'll never see it again. Might as well mess around here. Kyle, do you have a general philosophy or a team build that you strive for in these best ball tournaments? Yeah, I think. 
I don't even know if it's a specific build, but I do think there's still a lot of like edge to be exploited and just being uh, really unique. Like I know, I think it was two years ago, there were some really strong teams that were uh, just three running backs and it was like mm. three elite running backs and that's it. Uh, and I think there are maybe some arguments, I don't know if they're strong about like taking two of the top four tight ends or something like that, or like double elite quarterbacks, mm. especially in these kinds of, actually in this draft, like I feel like double elite quarterback would be ideal because you are like so many of the 30 point games from quarterbacks just come from like the best players. It's not mm-hmm. like wide receiver where like KJ Hamler's probably going to have like three 100 yard games or whatever this sure. year. Tim Patrick like literally has 100 yard games all the time uh, and costs nothing. You never know when they're coming, but in this, it doesn't matter. Right. Uh, Danny yeah. Amendola has so many career 100 yard games for a player of his ilk, as I'll, I'll call yeah. it, uh, where he just don't really get that from quarterback, especially now when people are more keen on running quarterbacks. So if it were just like the the sit and go style on this, I actually do think I'd really be more interested in like doubling up on like, especially like the quarterback. That's really interesting. Why? You mentioned tight ends a little bit for that consideration as well. Yeah, a little bit. And tight ends at least a little more different in um, in like the tournaments as well because you can flex your tight end unless you're playing the super flex on DraftKings. Uh, you literally or on DraftKings on Underdog, you literally can't uh, can't do that. So uh, yeah, I think in the uh, it kind of flips where it's not as advantageous in uh, the sit and goes. I'll call them to do the two elite tight ends where it's maybe a little more or at least it comes closer i don't know which one would be better in, but at least comes closer in the tournaments because you can flex your tight end austin and then maybe kyle to follow up after austin you drafted aj brown and i just want to know like your feeling about where we're what philly offense we're going to see with the aj brown addition i think we're going to see an explosive albeit inconsistent offense and i mean inconsistent in terms of who's delivering the points I think we've got a lot of hopes and a lot of potential coming out of a lot of these different playmakers. Jalen Hurts can do tremendous things with his legs and with his arms. I think Nick Sirianni is going to have a better game plan established for Philadelphia coming in, but it can go a lot of different directions. I think A.J. Brown opens up the door, but this team threw Jalen Hurts had 16 passing touchdowns last year. Like I just don't know how much he's going to totally bring in. Um, But that's okay because I think they're good. I think they got a ton of talent and I think AJ Brown is going to at a minimum have some amazing games if it's not an entire season. And I think that's kind of worst case scenario. I'd put that tag on for Miles Sanders, for Jalen Hurts, for a lot of these players as well. I'm optimistic about the Eagles, but I'm also um, cautious. Yeah. Kyle, when you look at that, like people don't want to really talk about Jalen Hurts improving as a passer because I think that would screw up their priors that he's not a good quarterback <laughs> or something. But I wanted to ask you because he has kind of quietly, uh, you know, gotten better. And then it's like, could he take another jump here? Do we like believe he could be a good QB? Yeah, I, I mean, he was a really good QB in college, like passer, like not like, oh, he ran a lot and it was cool and fun. Uh, like he yeah. was legitimately a very accurate as like charted by PFF uh, grade. I don't know. I don't know if chat's messing with us. I see a Kamara's mention in chat. I will absolutely mauled if we get uh, like that Whoa. right now. No, I think Johnny. Oh, wait, just came out. Oh, that's that's our partner. Let's see. We'll see uh, if Johnny, we gets, Johnny gets excited. It's legit. It's legit. Um, oh, yeah. it dropped six game suspension. Wow. Is that happening? I mean, if it's from PFT, it's at least a legit source. It might not be the most accurate. PFT is Johnny it's said, pretty plugged in. Start this over because he got yeah. he got Kamara here. Oh, sick! That's that's <laughs> one team eliminated. Uh, now we're playing eleven out of twelve. I love it. <laughs> oh man, 
Kyle, you're on the clock, brother. Yeah. So we've wow, big news right here. Another set of breaking news, Travi, where um it happens while we are recording. Yeah, that's right. Kamara, six game suspension. What does this do for the other pieces in New Orleans right now? Is Mark Ingram a piece? Is he a player that you want to have on your roster to start it off? Or is there another player that well, you've got in mind? There's a couple of things. I don't know if you're answering me. I'm going to jump in here. There's a couple of things. Dearness Johnson being a trade candidate. I thought Kareem Hunt was going to be a trade candidate before mm-hmm. that. So maybe one of those two going to New Orleans to be lookout. But I think Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave get a big bump here. These guys that can probably soak up some intermediate stuff. Um, but I think that's, you know, like we'll see what happens with Michael Thomas. But, yeah, that's a big blow to their offense this is interesting to me I, i'd like to ask kyle because i thought we were hearing a lot that it might get pushed to next year uh this suspension based on I, some of the legal stuff that oh, it yeah, hasn't yeah the, the quote was he's bracing for it it's not like it, this is okay. official yet but okay. if, if pft is saying he's bracing for it i mean maybe there's like a plus or minus two game to it that like you have to take right. a grain of salt but uh i mean you know he's he's facing like the, the uh, i'm looking at the nbc blurb uh felony battery charge so i that suspension of six games kind of checks out for that so um yeah this is man we, i was literally earlier today talking with crane about this and we were talking about how like do the the saints just insert any mediocre player into the alvin kamara plus role whenever kamara is out like latavius murray and mark ingram are uh fine players they're fine in the sense of they're like average but they treat them like they are marshall falk whenever they are the starter so i i mean this will probably be different right because every other time i think every other time has been mid-season you can't you it's let it's less easy it's harder to insert uh you know the the guy you sign off of uh waivers or whatever into some version of the role so you just do it with latavius murray or mark ingram because they know the system they were there all summer so i think they probably signed someone or trade for someone curious johnson was really good in like his three starts yeah. those are fun fun games i i lived near cleveland for like three years or so mm. and grew up in ohio and just browns fans just like they just love him they understand that he's like a third string running back and there's like it just feels good. And I agree. He was just fun to watch. So it'd be cool to see him get uh, a pretty big role because we don't need that for Mark Ingram. I'm sure, I'm sure he's, like I said, he's fine. But like, your shots might actually be good. Yeah, yeah, give him an actual chance to spread them wings outside of the Cleveland airspace. That would be pretty cool. I'm, I'm down on that one as well. So, Kyle, you're coming up on the clock here. I just wanted to know, what are you thinking right now? What, what's going through your head in the sixth round? Um, I, someone got Kittle right before I did and I wanted him. Uh, so thanks for that. But I guess we make that up by one team being eliminated, having Alvin Kamara, you know, you can't get everything, but you also didn't get Alvin Kamara, which is nice. So, um, yeah, I, I talked about going like quarterback heavy or, or like the extra tight ends and none of them really made it to me. And now, uh, at this point, there's not like a ton of like super elite guys left. So I guess I'm just like continuing stuck with these, uh, receivers and running backs, which isn't uh, a particularly bad thing. But um, let me just add to my cue before I get uh, – here we go. Let's see. I don't, I don't really want to take Chris Godwin or Mike. I don't want to take any of these players. I want to be done. I was <laughs> like not going to. I, I pass. <laughs> Has there been an, an actual real-life scenario where a, um, uh, a team on the podium at the actual NFL draft, someone runs up and gets ahead of them? Because I think you're allowed to do that if they run the clock out. Oh my God! Is that is that the rule? I I don't know if it's a rule or just a bit people have talked about, but I feel like it might be. That's what we in our league of record. If you use up the clock, we do a live draft. The per the guy who wins the draft wins the league in our league of record gets to pick 
where we all go to draft in person from over Labor Day weekend the following year. And we have had it where if you miss the two minutes and you, you fail to pick it, then the next guy just gets to pick ahead of you. Um, and you just lose that spot there. If you shout him out, then it's on the board. But if you don't, the next guy gets ahead of you. But I am wondering now, what is the biblical rule in the NFL should your 10 minutes expire and you have not gotten that envelope or pressed that button or done what it's done? Like, I, I straight up really want to know. And now I need to make my pick so I don't take another Jerry Judy again. Oh, love that. And the wide receivers got really ugly really fast. And I went running back, three running backs, and then the two elite quarterbacks because Kyle, you just got me excited on that. So I double tapped the, the rushing quarterbacks, but I left myself with Elijah Moore as my wide receiver one. So, uh, you know, so I looked it up and this is from operations.nfl. like their actual, like, uh, they're like, uh, operations page. Uh, uh, no, if a team, you know, it can make the selection later, but it runs the risk of letting the next team on the clock, like the ta- take the player it was considering. So they literally do like, you should hire a sprinter on the off chance that someone, forgets to make their pickers and show up so you can get up ahead of time. That is literally the NFL's rule is if you time out, you can pick when you're ready, but someone can pick ahead of you. Wow. Free for all runs to it. Yeah, exactly. Like you would want like you'd hire like Usain Bolt for one night for like 10 grand and be like, I know we're probably not going to use you, but on the off chance, the Bengals aren't, prepared to make their pick we want to get our bad boy in i want to see the team that is in that scenario but failed to hire a usain bolt for this moment so Dan it's like, here's the envelope. like exactly on. it's here's the envelope dan get him now like uh, <laughs> just running out there tripping looking like Shaq on the tnt broadcast out there like that would be my favorite moment of the year even if i won a championship so i Selfishly hope we see a team stumble into that. Maybe it'll be Cleveland who Kyle took their number one wide receiver, Amari Cooper. I just wanted to get your take, Kyle, on Amari Cooper. I've been gassing up Amari Cooper. I'm like, this guy is better than he gets credit for since he's come into the NFL rookie season beyond. It's like all he does is get a thousand yards plus in a season. Doesn't matter which team he's playing for. I know he's not amazing, amazing, but he's a pretty solid you know, fantasy piece, NFL piece. And I don't see a ton of competition for him over there in Cleveland. And I don't really care who the quarterback is. Someone's got to throw the ball. And I don't know who they're going to be really throwing it to outside of Amari Cooper. Am I too high on Amari Cooper or is everybody else a little too low? Yeah, I don't see, I kind of made sense for me in like the sit and go style. Cause like, I'm not sure I, I see Amari Cooper like going out for like the 1600 yard season or whatever. Mm. And like breaking, breaking records, which like sounds stupid, but like that is what we got from Cooper Cup last year is like, he was like this middle, like fourth, fifth round pick who turned out to be the, maybe the best receiver single season ever, you know, close up yeah. there. So uh, I don't think that's really in the range of outcomes anymore. We have like a, a large enough sample on Amari Cooper to know what he is, but you laid out the strong argument, which is why I took him is there's just very low target competition. If we got 17 games of Jacoby Brissett, I'd be a little more concerned because Jacoby Brissett's not very good. Then there's also the report that they would want to trade uh, for someone anyways, or they could bring Baker back. And like, like I know Baker really wouldn't want to do that, but it might be in his financial best interest to do so. It's like if you told me a like mid-tier caliber, like a Baker Mayfield or Jimmy Garoppolo, it's like the salaries would probably not work out, but like that type of player or half the season of Deshaun Watson and half of Jacoby Brissett, like you're probably getting a lot of production out of that wide receiver one. And I believe in the, in at least the way Cleveland's passing game is schemed to be efficient. They won't throw it a ton unless maybe the 
adding of Deshaun Watson gears in that way. They mm-hmm. probably still don't throw that much, but I think they'll be efficient. I think he has low target competition. That's kind of all you need to take him in what is this, like the sixth round. So I, I think that's like, uh, he's like a good high-ish floor pick. Like you said, he's he's good. He's been good for a very long time. Just turns out thousand yard seasons. He's not kind great, of great, but he's good. And we know for sure he's good. Yeah, we do. And he's a little bit on the injury concern, but I also think he's a pretty tough dude. Like I've seen him come back early ahead of times and in not a dumb way either. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm like a group. poor man's Julio, not saying like talent wise, but playing through the injury, you know, Julio would always just kind of <laughs> oh. like, you'd, you'd be on the injury report and then he'd play through it. He played uh, way more games than we thought he would. He's like, yeah. this dude's always hurt, but he plays 15 like, games. A Amar, like you see some guys tear their hamstring or, or strain it and they're out for like multiple weeks. And then I remember Amari Cooper multiple times last year with the hamstring playing through it, catching touchdowns. So. Yeah, I think Cooper's good. And then really the the lack of targets around him that are going to be reliable, even if it is Brissett. I mean, it's not the best thing in the world, but, you know, just so much, you know, so much target availability there. Kyle, we saw right after your Trey Lance pick, Damian Harris go. And I just got to ask every person who's smarter than me about the New England backfield. And if you have a read or a favorite player to take in that backfield. We know about Damian Harris. Ramondre Stevenson had a good rookie year. He's coming in. Then they went out and do what they did and picked up more running backs. Pierre Strong in the mix. How are you feeling about the New England backfield? Do you ever invest in it if the price is right? What's your evaluation here? Yeah, I've been getting a, a decent amount of Ramondre in drafts just because I, I don't think like the delta between him and Damian Harris is that great as like runners. Harris is probably better and we'll probably get more carries because of it. But like we could see a pretty strong receiving season from uh, Ramondre, especially with like, I, I don't know to what ability James White is going to come back. When he first suffered the hip injury, it was like, we don't know if he'll come back in the mirror. Like, nope, this turns out to be a lot worse than we thought. And now he's still, I don't think he's still up to full speed yet. So I, I think there's at least a very good chance that we see a stronger receiving season from Ramondre, which is what he was really good at in college. So I've been getting more Ramondre than Damian Harris. They're like, Harris is like a fine pick, but I think they're probably closer. They, they should probably pinch closer in ADP than they are. And then ESPN's mm-hmm. beat writer for New England had left James White off his projected 53-man roster. So, yeah, like, so many point, running backs. Wow. Yeah, they uh, I mean, but I think Ramon, I think he's the guy that projects for that three down roll, like you were saying. Plus, he looked good last year, like he, he passed the eye. Yeah, man. Yeah. He looked good and he had the metrics, too, to back that up as well. How's your how's your team looking? I'm happy with my team, especially it's not it's strange not thinking about it in the sense of like, I got to find some week 17 teams to correlate. Like, I don't stack my quarterback. I'm going broke. Whereas this is uh, you should probably still be stacking your quarterback. You're like you're trying to finish first of 12, uh, which is not nothing. Right. That's still a small, small tournament. Uh, But I don't feel nearly as bad not having a stacked quarterback right now as uh, as I would in regular like best ball mania. I'd be like, this is kind of a dusted team if I didn't. Yeah. Well, you said a couple of things that really got like kind of almost like washed over me is like a little bit of ease because we are newer to the best ball scene, but I'm hearing all the smart people that I follow, you know, you included that are like, you know, week 17 correlation, week 17 bros as they're being called or whatever. Oh, yeah. 
yeah, you know, like it's, it's happening. And I, so coming into this with you, I was like, well, I don't really have a ton of like faith in my ability to do it. Although I've heard good strategies, you know, you draft someone, then you star the other players, you know, to get that correlation. But when you said at the top, Kyle, it's like in these 12 person one, it doesn't really matter as much because we're doing the correlation to kind of be there at the end with what is it? 400 people at the end when you're in the, the main of, you know, the main event. So uh, I think it's been nice to be able to draft good players. What a concept, you know, just <laughs> yeah, like try and draft the best player available. Um, yeah. Yeah. These ones don't, I, unless I'm, I forgot the rules, but they don't have any week 17. You just play, I think, I assume you just play the whole uh, thing out 17 uh, highest score wins. Uh, either way you are yeah, not, yeah. even if it wasn't, but you would not be trying to win on uh, underdog. Best wall mania is 470 teams in the final, uh, final table. If you want to think of it in poker yeah, terms. Yeah. And then DraftKings, the big $5, is just shy of 1,000. I think it's like four teams shy of 1,000, which is like an actual reasonably sized real DFS tournament. It's like you really right. do have to be thinking about, like, how do I get first or last? Because, uh, like, so much of the money is in first. It's insane. The Ricky Bobby strategy, as we yep. like to call it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I think that's a good point. And then the only thing I did different was because you said the the dual quarterback thing. I got Lamar and Kyler, and I just feel like every week – they don't have the same buy every week in this in this sit and go. I should be, you know, with one of the best quarterbacks, hopefully. And then they'll both get hurt and I won't have it. So we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see about this. One. You got any, you got any sleeper quarterbacks, Kyle, that you like later on down? I saw you pick up Trey Lance. I know we're in a best ball. Are you feeling confident Trey Lance does run the show in San Francisco? Or is this an optimistic or you read on Trey Lance and the 49ers? Yeah, I think we'll get uh, close. I mean, he has to be pretty bad for us to not get the full 17 uh, mm-hmm. this year. Like, the, I mean, like, like coaches, I find this interesting. Coaches don't have to be honest. And oftentimes it would be to their advantage to be uh, dishonest in the mm-hmm. sense of like, you don't want teams knowing uh, how much you do or don't like uh, your quarterback. You'd want them to, I mean, you'd want them to think you like him a ton. You want them to think, we think Jimmy Garoppolo can win a Super Bowl. He got us there, and then they made the, what, the conference final or whatever. You'd want them to think you need four first-round picks to get him from us or whatever. But, yeah. like, immediately, Kyle Shannon was like, yep, we're trying to, or maybe it was John Lynch, was like, yep, we're trying to find a trade partner. We're going to try and work something out to get rid of Jimmy. Uh, so, like, it's very obvious that they don't want, like, in the sense of, like, they want to get value in return, they'd rather have the assets than Jimmy Garoppolo. So when a team is so incredibly forthcoming that they just say impressors like, yep, yeah, trying to work on a trade, uh, I would take them at their word. I hear you on this one. And that reminds me of one of my favorite conversations I've been able to have in the football fantasy football realm. And that was on our program we do every year, our event, the mock draft marathon. Where this year we're doing it, we're gonna have our our hype video coming up on this after me and Travis get our turn going on this, but it is our annual event that we do. And last year we had coach Hugh Jackson on the show of, you know, formerly of the Oakland Raiders and of course, Cleveland Browns. Yes, sir. God bless. God bless. <laughs> I know. Right. And we got a chance. So I got a chance to ask him a little exactly of what we were talking there on coach speak and exactly how much credit, should we give what exactly is being said by that coach in that moment? And what he said was, it's never 
meant to be honest for honest sake. What they're saying might not be untrue, but they're not trying to give you a straight up answer just for your own listening pleasure. They have another motivation. It's either hyping a player up on their team. It's either putting some uh, some motivation for their player down the road. It's putting someone on notice. Maybe it's throwing the defense off. You want to say, oh, we're going with this guy. He's kicking ass this practice just to get their defensive game plan a little wobbly. And I just thought that was such a cool and honest line. It's like, yeah, recognize why they're saying it. They've got probably something else under under the works and take it with a grain of salt. But no, there is actual movement happening there, too. And with that one here, we're getting ready for our fourth annual Mock Draft Marathon, which we're going to be doing it next month. Come and check it out. Let's do it, Travis. Mock Draft Marathon. What is this? It's consecutive mock drafts for a total of 24 hours. Requires hours and even years of preparation. Which is a little bit controversial, but... Are you shitting me, Johnny? I didn't plan that, I swear. I can pretty much say 100%. Something that you really love to do. Let the games begin. Somebody came in and stole Johnny, and they're hijacking his draft. Oh, he's going to book it on his 78-year-old neighbor. Damn it, you guys stuck in a super flex. I knew it. Ball is going to taste different than this meatball. That's not that bad from a flex. Outliers decide fantasy Stand out above the crowd. About the same set of 200 players, and it never gets old. That's right, Whisper Nation. We got our fourth one coming up for you next month. Make sure that you are liked and subscribed to the Fantasy Whispers, especially over on our YouTube channel, because that's where we're going to have that 24 hours of action coming your way, where we bring in some incredible minds from the fantasy football world to give you their takes, their analysis, their overview. You know Johnny, Travis, and myself are going to be there. You can't shake us. We just love to bring in other voices from this orb bit to make sure you have a full picture on the ways to approach this game we all love so very much yeah i'm gonna look at kyle's team here Let's see i'm gonna judge it no i'm just kidding last year when we were doing uh you know like mock draft on type of thing uh you know i was i was in the draft and it, i don't know it was like the 12th or 10th round and i'm i'm you know trying to produce content everyone is so this is not an excuse at least it's not a good excuse and <laughs> i'm looking at the draft board and i'm like ha, which one of these supposed experts auto drafted a defense in the 10th round what an idiot speaking of which when am i up when am i up next <laughs> oh my god me. <laughs> yeah which uh, would happen to all of us which defense was it yeah good question I mean, it was a good defense, but uh, it was like literally like 10 rounds. <laughs> That's actually a natural question. What is your take on drafting? And let's just take it out of best ball and we're going into redraft format. How do you approach kickers and defenses and redraft? Uh, I I get auto-drafted the one in the last rounds each time okay. almost. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure like you could parse it out more uh, and figure out like, oh, technically this defense is worth a little more than the last round pick. But uh, it, it, to me, it's like not really worth your amount of time. You'd be like directionally accurate, right? You'd be close enough in the right direction if you never spent more than your final two picks on it. And if you can, uh, don't even spend that. Uh, spend, uh, don't draft, if your legal allows it, some have constraints, don't draft defense or a kicker and just pick up like Mark Ingram, whatever the perfect example, right? Now you're saying on Mark Ingram, like, uh, he was probably going undrafted in like your smaller leagues. Actually, mostly he was pretty late in best ball drafts. Uh, I gotta remember star him. Don't don't you guys don't star him. I'm gonna star him, but you guys don't star him. Uh, <laughs> uh, but like pick up, you know, it's really like contingent value running backs. There are other fine examples too, like good camp battle guys. Uh, Gerald, I think is somebody like 100. Yeah, look at 
even especially with the you know benjamin steam lately uh i think these guys yeah i i feel what you're saying there we we've actually said it a lot but i actually have drafted like the espn the one espn league i'm in has that constraint you have to draft yeah, a defensive kicker, which sucks you, you know I'm glad that we brought this one up because I did just want to take a moment. God damn it, Travis. What? Now my whole line of thinking is gone. I wanted me Cole Hartman. He was literally oh, the only guy yeah, left in my queue. the only guy that I starred here at the wide receiver. He's the only guy I had starred too, and I'm not shitting so- you. Fuck you, man. God, I love you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were mad because I just picked while you were trying to make a point, and I didn't like take no, the whole 30 seconds. To- no. Man, I'm no, sorry. I'm way about the draft. It's a lot better that I just drafted a guy you wanted. So. Yeah, kick rocks. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, and now I got drafted with Jacoby Meyer because I'm bitching and moaning about it. All right, I need to focus. Travis, well, show on you. I think Jacoby Myers is a good pick here. I mean, it's not your Mecole Hardman. Oh, it doesn't yeah. look upside. But no, but volume-wise, I don't know. Maybe Kyle wants to add in anything. But I think Jacoby is probably their number one. Um, he's been that the last, you know, little bit here. And I think he's a guy that, you know, is like, it's crazy to me that Patriots, nobody wants their offense. Like nobody's drafting them right they're now. Really ADP wise. Yeah. So yeah, they're, they're really interesting. Uh, week 17 stack too. Cause they play Miami and uh, it doesn't sound like the most appealing game, but like you can have like the entire Patriots passing attack for like a sack of rusty nickels. Cause they're so cheap. <laughs> I get like, they're not going yeah. to be incredible, but like, if you like someone in chats, like Devontae Parker's number one. If you think that, he's also very cheap. It's yeah, not right. an expensive bet to make if that's what you think. Uh, I also I would bet on Jacoby Myers because uh, I do think he kind of profiles as like that perfect Mac Jones, Bill Belichick's offense. Just like get open short, do something after the catch. Whereas like Parker needs the Ryan Fitzpatrick. At least he thrives with the Ryan Fitzpatrick hucking those fun, you know, 50-50 balls. But uh, he's Parker's still good. And I have no problem saying he could be their number one. But yeah, they are so cheap that like I don't think the Pats are an exciting or fun offense. I'm just waiting them be like you know that game in the blistering wind that we ran 86 times and passed three times let's do that 17 times this year just waiting <laughs> for that to happen that's like entirely priced in already right another oh go ahead awesome i wanted to ask him about another set of cheap wide receivers but from a bit more of an exciting team and that's the chiefs travi you took my pick there with me hardman but it's been such a popular conversation topic in fantasy football, as I'm sure you know. And I wanted to get your take, Kyle, on those Kansas City Chiefs pass catchers. We know that Tyreek Hill is in Miami. We know Kelsey is just the tight end number one of this decade. And we expect for him to be another target monster for Patrick Mahomes, maybe even more so. But after Travis Kelsey, do you see one wide receiver really stepping up and getting the lion's share of those vacated targets? Or is it more of a carousel between our Mecoles, our Juju Smith-Schusters, our Skymores, and our MBSs who kind of absorb that with some good weeks for one or the other here and there, but not as much consistently across the season? Or do you actually have a favorite? Yeah, I mean, Sky Moore is my favorite, not because I think he is like this lock to lead the team in targets, but if one person takes on a a singular massive role, it's almost certainly going to be him. Like, Mm. Mikul has been a gadget, like a a true, like, Tavon Austin gadget for three years. Mm. And I think he can be interesting in that role, but like, he's like Isaiah McKenzie plus. And that's probably what he's Mm. going to be. Like, even when they drafted him, everyone's like, yeah, because it was when we were potentially getting a lengthy Tyree kill suspension that never yeah. came. 
uh everyone's like i guess i can see why you reached for a guy as fast as tyreek but he wasn't good in the same way as tyreek or and that has proven to be true so far and that could change but uh i don't think it's gonna be him marquez vado scantling is the exact same thing except he's not a gadget he's just a, a really good deep i think he's very good at that even more so than like Mikol is good at his thing but like last like i know we already got like a beat report that, like they're moving mvs around the lineup he's doing short stuff he's doing deep stuff he could play quarterback guard defensive <laughs> tackle uh but we got that last year the exact same sentiments from packers camp last year was that he's gonna break out this year and he was the most mark has about a scantling he's ever been uh, oh very God, much right the fun good deep threat once every eight weeks uh like so Jesus. i don't think it's gonna be him i don't think it's gonna be Mikol. and juju's the same thing he is like pure slot who hasn't been good since 2018 and god bless him because i have so many dynasty bags of juju that i'm just uh, like, no we're not getting rid of this guy remember 2018 but like it has been so long since he was good and this the context of that offense was that he had the like maybe the second best receiver of all time. And Tony Brown was so good in the 2010s so that like when you have that attention drawn from you, you pass the ball a ton and you have good Ben Roethlisberger, like, yeah, you're probably going to put up like 1,200 yards or whatever. So I don't see any of those three commanding a ton of targets. If Sky Moore lives up to the hype, which like, oh, baby, I'm pumping that hype. Uh, he could be the one who le- – he's the only one who I think has like this 99th percentile outcome that is just monstrous. Mm. Well, there you have it. Are you targeting him at his current ADP or are you just hoping for the value on this? I guess my last question on this, are you, are you going act after him aggressively or is this just a take that you'd have on him? Yeah, I have a lot of Sky Moore. Uh, okay. And mostly, okay. I'm playing mostly in the DraftKings drafts because they're a lot softer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I have, it's going to be a tough year if he like gets hurt. <laughs> it's gonna be a lot of ramen in 2023 if he gets hurt (laughs) well we hope that sky more pops off so you only have to have ramen when you absolutely want because it is very good authentic ramen can get a little pricey that's true actually good good authentic ramen it's very good it is it is really good on this one uh kyle i did want to ask you a couple more questions here about with nbc sports edge we all everybody here in whisper nation in our own league of record we read your work uh, on a daily basis. And if we don't have something to read from you guys, we start itching. You know, like, what is the update on these guys? Can we please just get a bullshit take? Can you say he did something cool at camp? Can How you many say he was did he gain or lose? Yeah. Yes, right. How tall was he standing? CD <laughs> Lamb like grew, he supposedly grew a half inch this yeah. it doesn't I get he's 22 or whatever, but like I thought, what? <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> Sorry, go with your point. It just really baffles my mind that they're saying he's just like physically growing taller. No, where does that come in from? Where do you pull in some of, where does NBC Sports and the blurbs, where do they get some of the material to pull us? And I know it's from The Athletic and the Beat Reporters, but is there a consolidated list of, of journalists that are at that level that you pull from? Or is it kind of more on each individual contributor to find their own sources? How does that work? How do you pull it in? I use a list from uh, Adam Levitan. It's just Twitter list that is really just like stock. Like it, it is oversaturated in that you see a lot of the same things. A lot of people like aren't, I don't even know like football writers anymore. I don't know how like curated this list is, but for my job, it's, it's much better to oversaturate yourself with the information and filter it than it would be to miss anything. Right. Uh, so yeah, I think if you just go to Levitan's Twitter, it, like you, there's a way to find his list. I have a few other ones too, but that's kind of my default is that's like a very all encompassing list. Other people have curated their own list too, but yeah, like it's just a good Twitter list. The only thing you miss is like there are uh, 
some uh some people who just like especially on sundays it's the worst is that um some of the the like national uh tv people like the like jake laser jake laser doesn't tweet anything he just talks about it on tv like it's the 1990s mm. i'm not watching tv anymore <laughs> so like glazer and a few others don't tweet their stuff that much and you have to like someone's like did anyone see this thing on glazer on on fox fox bippity boop and i'm like trying to like find someone's handheld camera of it oh my god uh like yeah. 337 is going to be on the nfl network tune in yeah, to make yeah. sure you don't miss it it's like what's i don't have a dvr oh my yeah god. or like you know like radio oh, stuff like so and so is on 99.2 the wildcat yeah <laughs> It's like, I'm not tuning into your low Buffalo radio station to listen to someone. Well, that's super fascinating, actually, Kyle, because like Adam Levitan, I love his content over at Establish the Run as well. I was actually listening to their Monday risers and fallers for ADP before the show here. And I just think that's actually such a cool little tidbit that you shared with us, Kyle, where you have this whole world kind of working together you know, of different contributors and analysts and folks in the fantasy football world touching with different reporters on the ground and then kind of hand selecting who they think is of value. And then, you know, you, Kyle, are selecting Adam Levitan as somebody of value and then pulling from their lists. And now here we are regurgitating to our, like, it's just, I, what a cool ecosystem that it's all working together. Yeah, he's talked about uh, this before too. But like he, he, I, he said, you know, his Twitter is so incredibly valuable, and he's talking about like how many hundreds of thousands of dollars it would take for him to sell his Twitter account and like just never use Twitter again. Because like mm. it is like so valuable to just be able to like have a ton of information and parse it quickly. And uh, so yeah, I have a few Twitter lists, but his is the one. It's called football only, <laughs> and uh, it is not football only by a long stretch anymore, <laughs> at least. But. Um, yeah, just like being able to have this like just fire hydrant information blasted at your face is like actually very valuable. I like what you said there about like having like you'd rather have it oversaturated so you could parse it down because that makes a lot of sense to me. It's like you would rather like instead of being like questioning like should I blurb this because like only one person's talking about it. Um, so that makes sense. Is that kind of where you're coming from with that? Like do you have to double check uh, if it's just like a few sources? Yeah, uh, I, you know, I, I know like – all of not no personally, but like I, I know by name all of the athletic writers, like uh -huh. all of the ESPN regional, whatever, you know, team specific writers, and so many other just like odd newspaper, all the team writers, like like Jim Wyatt works for like Tennessee.com, which is always weird to cite like a guy who works for the Titans reporting on the Titans. Seems like it's conflict of interest, but he's a good reporter nonetheless. Uh <laughs> so like I I the list is good at curating reputable sources, and also I, I am good at within the minute details of parsing that and yeah also like so i want to information blast into my face getting everything i can so much of it's like local sports stuff and i'm like this is your like high school basketball team's final score i really wish that wasn't <laughs> on this list uh -huh. but i'd rather not miss any single thing and then publishing is the same way uh like mm -hmm. like someone's like so jeff smith the the jets ninth wide receiver has just been a star at mini camp and i was like well I'm not going to put it up on our Twitter account, but it'll be under Jeff Smith today. Uh, so mm. guess I'll do that. And so, yeah, I'm trying to get as much information as possible. And I'm comfortable being a little more uh, like publishing a little more useless information in the sense of like, I'm sure someone, Jeff Smith's mother would like to know how he's doing. She can use our site. Uh, it's not <laughs> fantasy relevant. I highly doubt it at least, but I'd rather have it than uh, not. That makes sense. Kyle, up on the clock, we've got three picks left. Is, is how can you walk us a little bit through how your end of draft strategy kind of comes together? In redraft, we know you're, you know, you're really going for those dart throws. I know best ball, it's 
similar, but or or like in redraft, you're also going for handcuffs is another approach that we see used a lot in best ball end of the draft, kind of where we're at now. Is there anything specific you're targeting or you're still going for the best value available? Uh, no, especially in the best ball tournaments, because like mostly what I'm playing is just like correlating all of my stuff. Someone took Daniel Jones relatively early in this draft, but that's uh, uh, that's me complaining that like I would have taken him only slightly less early. <laughs> but like Wando Robinson is on the board right now. I have no interest in Wando Robinson. If I don't have Daniel Jones, when I have Daniel Jones, I'll probably reach a little bit on Wando Robinson. I have a lot of Daniel Jones. So that's what I know. But like I, you know, if you're, if you're watching this, uh, I have Kendrick Bourne queued up because I have Mac Jones. So I think like creating those final roster correlations uh, and like if, if Kendrick, or, you know, if Kendrick Bourne or Wandale Robinson has a really good year and they crush their ADP, that probably means their quarterback did as well for like a fourth wide receiver to have a very notable year. Either that or everyone ahead of them got hurt, which is also certainly possible. But like creating those backdoor correlations. Uh, mm. is, is really what I'm focusing on in best ball tournaments. In this, it is much more the minutia of just filling out the roster. I still want correlations. Like I said, you know, I'm trying to get first out of 12, which is not, uh, you know, it's not 50-50. We're not trying to get top six out of 12, but I'm not as desperate to do it. And I'm also stacking games too, uh, like looking at the back end of... Uh, <laughs> This is a terrible example. Well, I got Davis Mills in the 17th round, and I already have Brandon Cooks. I know they play the Jags. Let's get LaVisca Chenault on this roster. Isaiah McKenzie is a much better one. If you have Buffalo, if you have um, Bengals players, they face uh, they they face Buffalo in that Week 17 game. And if that game drops, you know, 65 points, good chance, you know, it's going to be a Hayden Hurst or an Isaiah McKenzie scoring a random touchdown. Mm. I feel you on those pickups here. And I I need to tap into your mind here just a little bit on any other late round sleepers. Not so much on the best ball focus. Yeah, as they do connect to best ball, but I know we've got a lot of stacks that we're trying to form in best ball, but then also outside. Are there any of these sleepers, late round sleepers specifically, that you, Kyle, are personally bigger on? Then you see others like Kadarius Tony is a name that gets thrown out a lot. People are starting to rise up on Kadarius Tony. Alan Lazard is kind of outside of that camp now, I'd say, but but kind of similar in that light. Are there any deeper take guys that you are personally just really excited about this season? Uh, excited. It's probably not the word I'd describe Julio Jones okay. at this point in his career, but scooping up a lot of value with like the second best receiver of the 2010s, maybe the best. Uh, like I would just, I will bet, anyone almost any amount of money that he will be once he signs drafted higher than he is now and like mm. that's kind of that's kind of all you can hope for it's like in betting like you're trying to make plus if you bets a really good way to measure that is are you getting closing line value if you bet uh you know if you bet the game under 46 and a half on tuesday or whatever and it ends up at 44 and a half like you probably had a process that worked out if you can do that again and again and again uh, and I, I think that's probably a pretty applicable uh, mindset to do this with. If you are taking Julio Jones in the 17th round or whatever now, and he's going in the 13th round in a month, you've probably done something right if that was you know, the idea. Mm. Any teams you'd like to see him land on? <laughs> the teams I think he'll land on are not the teams I, I am excited to see him land on. I, I, he seems very uh, Baltimore Ravens-esque to me a contender mm. that really needs another receiver. But I, the thing is, I think it matters so little. I know Julio Jones wasn't particularly good last year. He was very hurt. And that's been a staple of his late career is just unable to stay healthy. And, you know, like we were saying, like plays through these injuries, man, sit some games out. He actually doesn't, right. play, he doesn't play through the injury. He starts a game and then he leaves five snaps later. Yeah. <laughs> don't play or yeah. do play, but please God, don't do that. 
chill bro and maybe it's just uh maybe it's just um you know he, he used to be good and i can't get that out of my head but i do think uh 17th or 18th round is just such a, a bargain for a player of his i think his talent he's i think he's still talented yeah right i, I think so too where would i like to oh man he'd be fun on the chiefs he would be it would crush my sky more shares which i mean financially it wouldn't be great but like if he's got anything in the tank uh and he plays for kansas city that'd be pretty fun uh Packers, i don't like I don't, he doesn't seem quite as like he seems a little too splashy for the boring midwestern packers but uh like you know they just don't like have very fun free agencies but he's so cheap now it shouldn't matter uh like yeah. it's not like they're gonna have to break the bank i don't see them spending three years you know 45 million on a receiver he's not gonna cost that anymore you know he um, two years ago so you know i think of them as this boring organization but at this point julio is kind of a boring sign so he'd be perfect for them in the sense of their receivers are still probably trash I I wonder if he'll just end up in Tennessee again. Like, oh, no. they're, they're, like they're so needy for wide receiver. Well, that, that's the argument for the Falcons, and there's also no way he goes back to the Falcons. But they yeah. have a terrible receiver room, and yeah, and use like, a player like Julio Jones. But I, I doubt that happens. Woods is your number one. Like Burks is out of shape. You're just getting there. You're like Julio, please come back. And he's you're the like, number one AFC seed coming back this year. Yeah. Like you're not in a rebuild year, even though you. I don't know. It kind of. Tennessee yeah, Bay, obviously, as a Packers fan, I'd love to see him come here, but I, I agree with Kyle. They're, they're like, no, nah, we'll just get Sammy Watkins. Dude, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, we already got our Julio Jones. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we don't need him. Oh uh, my God. So you rounded out your last pick there, Kyle. I wanted to ask while our show is then wrapping down in the last round of this best ball draft about your overall take on the fantasy football world. This thing started out with hometown leagues with people looking in the newspaper and writing down their scores. We've evolved into the multiple platform behemoth it is now, and it's from the hometown league now into DFS. We've got best ball gambling is blowing up, but people still like to sit down together and talk shit at their hometown leagues and all the stuff there. Where do you see the whole fantasy football world moving towards in the future? Yeah, I think within like five to 10 years, we'll probably sort of lose a bit of DFS because like uh, these sites, like it's just so much more profitable for them to have uh, sports betting than it is for DFS. And they get so much more action down the sites can the operators. Oh. So I think we'll, we'll not like lose it, but it, it, I think it's probably peaked. I think we're probably at the peak ish, you know, maybe for some sports it's different, you know, obviously like I think the fantasy space is every sport, you know, it's just a fantasy gambling space. So like golf is like really booming right now. So it's MMA are like really interesting. Like, yeah, I don't know why I don't know enough about those sports as a cultural phenomenon to see why they're just getting these great prize pools, but good for them if you enjoy those. Uh, but I, I think we'll probably, so we're probably at the peak of that. We'll probably just get absolutely inundated as we kind of already are with gambling stuff. But I, I love best ball, so I'm very happy that we've got like an incredible operator like Underdog. And then other sites trying. Drafters is smaller, but they do a great job too. DraftKings is in them and giving great contests, even though that site is garbage. Uh, just the ass is just so incredibly bad. They just jammed an, a best ball product into a fantasy or in a DFS app, and it wasn't meant to work. But they're giving us great prizes, and they're actually like different prize levels, different sizes. So that part of it, I very much respect and am happy with. So I'm happy with where... Uh, best ball is going and still think there's room for growth there because it is like an incredible uh product and concept even if you do the product poorly it's a very good addictive like everyone knows this is not uh, this isn't a novel take drafting is like infinitely the best part i hate managing 
in season leagues. It is <laughs> miserable. Uh, I like my dynasty. Because you like you run a bunch of content out. Like, do you think that's why? And like you have to like it's the last thing you think about because we we had Sigmund Bloom on this week and he was saying it's the last thing I do because of all the content I'm creating. So it, it would make is. sense to me. Yeah, yeah. It it, it for sure is uh, the last thing on my mind and the last thing I do. I think even if I didn't uh, do content, I still just like I don't want to set my roster on Sunday. Like especially like the way fantasy is broken up, where you have to be paying attention Thursday for whatever like Thursday inactive and injuries. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday for waivers. And those can change if you set your waivers Monday night after the games. We'll get injury news Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, And then even throughout the week, if we get like a random surprising injury, uh, you would be benefited by being logged on and ready to do it, ready to pick up the backup running back that just got jumped to number one. So uh, I I love like my dynasty leagues trading and fiddling with those. But just the day-to-day mundane of a season-long league is just dwarfed by how much better I feel about uh, best ball. So, and I'm glad that the market is kind of matching that sentiment with like, what is the best ball mania is either 10 or 11 million in prizes. I think it's 10. Yeah. I love that. You are absolutely right. The draft is the best part. It is the most, I mean, it's, it's just such a ride, right? We all love draft. I love you walking away. It's just like, just give me the ring right now. This is the number (laughs) one team. We all know that feeling, but we've got our draft now in the bag here. I know Travis has taken a look through some of the squads, but I definitely wanted to make sure we get Kyle's summary on how he thinks his whole team shook out, what he likes, what maybe he would have done differently. How are you feeling about your squad here, Kyle? It's good. It is. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy with that. I don't think I made any egregious choices. I don't think, I mean, I just wasn't in a great position to draft the players I wanted at quarterback. Mm -hmm. I don't love having only two and one of the two being Mac Jones. You really do need like Trey Lance to, immediately be super productive which i like trey lance a lot and i was talking about i think he'll pretty much start every game barring injury or being truly awful but like i'd have felt better if that was like jalen hurts even at his price not like Mm. i want to get every player cheap but uh no even at his price i would have rather had a a better quarterback now with hindsight knowing that my second was gonna be mac jones so that's kind of the only leak on this team other than that i feel pretty confident about every other decision i made Nice. Got a lot of really good wide receivers on this list. Went with three tight ends. I love the Njoku pickup, too. I think I'm just gassing up all of these Cleveland Browns players. Amari Cooper, you heard me comment on David Njoku. I think he's in for a a good year here, too. So there you have it. Um, Any other points on your best ball setup or any other tidbits that you'd like to let the audience know on best ball drafting? No, I feel like we covered a lot, uh, even in the context of doing a sit and go. We still talked about the tournaments a lot. So I feel like, uh, you know, you can reach out on Twitter if you have any uh, uh, questions or, or whatnot. There we go. You can catch Kyle on his Twitter, as he just mentioned, at Kyle Tweets here over on Twitter, as well as his writing he does for NBC Sports Edge. Kyle, is there anything else the audience should know about what you're working on or any other platforms they should be following you at? No, that that about does it. If you follow me on Twitter, everything I do, I can at least, uh, you know, I stem from my Twitter. Like I talk about, you know, the trying to maximize the usage of that uh, that site for my own gain. So you can uh, you can follow if you follow me there, you'll see everything I do. Uh, check out NBC because we have all of our team previews coming out. A lot of a lot of part. I have not put in a single ounce of work to that. We got to choose our schedule, and I was like, I'm going to do mine in, in July. I need all of June off. I'm leaving. So I've been like every single week, and I'm like leaving the house. I'm like I'm not working. I'm working as little as possible 
and backloading my schedule. So all I can say is other people, and this is good. I don't like to talk about myself. Other people have done great work on the site. I will hope to match their work. Uh, my first preview comes out like in five days. So that's when I'll start. All right. In five days, get ready for that Whisper Nation. Travi, anything you'd like to let the people go with? No, I just appreciate everybody that's been in here and everybody that Best Ball drafted with us. I know it was a little bit of a slow start, but we appreciate you guys. We're going to keep rocking through these as we get the guests on and doing it. And it's been a lot of fun to do it with everybody. Yeah, so thanks for joining us, Mike, Pizza Belly, Johnny, of course. Good luck with Juniper, uh, Taylor, Anthony, uh, all of the round. Taylor, Cast Pajamas joining the show earlier on. Anthony, Donnie. Uh, Kyle, it was great to have everybody here with you. Kyle, thank you so much again for joining us today, showing us a thing or two on best ball drafting. It'll be fun to see how this one shakes out throughout the rest of the season. Whisper Nation, go ahead and follow him on Twitter. If you haven't liked and subscribed and you want to join a community where you know that you belong, go ahead and subscribe to the Fantasy Whispers on the YouTube channel or other, other social media like we're there too. On behalf of Big Travi, I'm Austin Sear. We're the Fantasy Whispers. We're out. Peace. Peace. You stuck through the whole TFW live show. Congratulations. Well, if you like what you saw, make sure you hit subscribe. If you want more videos from the Fantasy Whispers, make sure you hit one of these videos.